The Lord be with you. The Holy Gospel according to St. John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can take them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one can take them out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Perhaps you are familiar with the Chronicles of Narnia, a great book series by C.S. Lewis. In The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, Lucy, the youngest of the four children, stumbles upon a book in the magical land of Narnia that's a, a book of magical spells. And the first spell she finds in this book is a book which would give her beauty beyond the limits of any other mortal. Now this is something she struggles with because her older sister she sees as this icon of beauty and she is constantly filled with, with jealousy. And as she looks at this spell book, there's, there's pictures depicting on how this spell will play out. That she'll far surpass her sister in beauty. To the point that princes and kings will hold tournaments and have champions fight for her hand in marriage. Yet that won't be enough. Her beauty will be far surpassing even of that so that wars will be fought in her name, just like Helen of Troy. And then all of those who desire her beauty will actually be willing to kill just to glimpse it. And in the midst of all this, she sees Images of her sister Susan, who no longer gets any attention. They don't want to see Susan, they just want to see her. And she tries to muster up the strength to say the spell, because she knows, she, she knows it's not good for her, but she knows she wants it. And in the midst of that, Aslan the lion, the great lion, growls from the middle of the book and awakens her back to reality. Then she stumbles upon the next spell, which was the ability to hear what other people are saying about you when you're not there. Upset that she didn't actually say the first spell, without hesitation she speaks the spell, and she overhears two of her friends speaking about her in a mean and cruel way. Finally, she comes upon a spell for the refreshment of souls. When she finishes it, she says it was more like a story than a spell, And it was three pages long. And she said to herself afterwards, this is the loveliest story I've ever read or ever shall read in my whole life. It was about a cup and a sword and a tree and a green hill. So why do I share this story? Because Lucy fell into the trap I think we all fall into. We aren't always always sure what voices we should be listening to. We're bombarded with voices. We're bombarded with noise from without, but also from within, are we not? Right? We listen to that interior voice. The one that tells us we're not as good as someone else. Or we're not good enough. Maybe it's our intellect. Maybe it's our, our beauty or our bodies. Or maybe it's simply our, our current situation. 
We're discontent with what we have. We're discontent about where we are or decisions we've made in our past and how we have to live with them today. We never seem to have enough. If I only just had, then I'd be happy. We listen to the critical voices of others. We're worried about what they're saying about us or what they think about us. You know, not what they tell us to our face, but what they're saying behind closed doors. Not what they wrote when you had your Facebook birthday, you know, and everyone's like, happy but what they really, really think about you. Do they really like me? Are they really my friend? We so desperately desire the approval of others. Even, even from those who never jumped into the arena of life with us and just fought it out. And these, these voices we hear are, are reinforced constantly by a world that's driven by marketing. A world that, that doesn't care about you as a person in any way, shape, or form. Doesn't even care about what you think about yourself. But is more, more focused on the economic purchasing power that you have. So it's advertising and it's, it's TV and movies and books and games and businesses and corporations and politicians. And it's all this big thing of manipulation. And the crazy thing is we're aware of it. We know it and we're jaded and we're cynical and we've been burnt by this manipulation so many times and yet we still play the game. We still become so driven by it and so worked up about it. But the final story Lucy read, the one about the cup and the sword, the tree and the green hill, it reminds me of another story. A story which began in an upper room. And passing around the cup said, take and drink. The story where a servant took up a sword and struck the ear of another before being rebuked. A story about a tree that didn't bear life but bore death. And a green hill. A garden where new life began. Where death had no more power. It was a lion's voice, Aslan's voice, that called Lucy out of that entrapment that she wished upon herself. And it's the Lord's voice calling out to us today, wake up, follow me, hear my voice, hear my story. The sheep of the good shepherd are called to hear the shepherd's voice. That's, that's the great thing about sheep. Sheep have very few things going for them. Like nothing. We make fun of sheep all the time. But they have an incredible ability to recognize voice, especially the voice of the shepherd. Where the voice of strangers might mean them harm, or the voice or the snarl of a wolf might mean danger, it's the voice of a shepherd that can bring them to peace because they don't have to worry about themselves at all, which they're horrible at. They just have to trust the shepherd. And so it is when we hear the good shepherd's voice. There's a peace that passes over us. Sometimes there's a conviction first. Sometimes it's coming face to face with the reality of, of things we've done or the sin we, we, we've committed. Some honest reflection of, of the troubles of our life. But then there's peace because we understand the forgiveness and the restoration that Jesus gives us. I ask you, have you ever heard the voice of Jesus? Have you ever heard the voice of Jesus? Maybe it was one time when the scriptures were being read and, and something struck with you and, you and you just stopped. You stopped paying attention. 
because the Spirit just pierced your heart. Everything else just kind of became blurry because that one line, that one moment was meant for you. That was the word Jesus had for you. And in that moment, it's like no one else is left in the room. It's just you and Jesus. Or maybe it's, it's in hearing the preaching of the word. And some situation comes to life or some event comes to life and, and the preacher starts preaching the word of God in such a way that you think the pastor either has cameras or wiretaps in your home or in your workplace because surely he's preaching right at you. That's Jesus speaking to you. That is the living voice of Jesus coming to us. We know it's his word. We know it's his word. Why? Because it brings us back to the garden, the place of resurrection, the place of restoration. Lucy mentioned in, in the book that after reading that one story, that all other stories for the remainder of her days, she would only call them good stories if they reminded her about the story of the cup and the sword and the tree and the green hill. That became the measuring stick for all other stories. And the crazy thing is, if we know the story of Jesus, if we understand what God has done for us, then he gives us ears to hear his voice of redemption throughout the world. He hides it everywhere. We can't get away from hearing it. The hero who lays down his life for his friends. The relationship that's marred beyond any semblance of hope that's restored with words of forgiveness. Stories of hope, stories of joy, stories of courage in the face of of persecution and impossible odds. They all remind us of a far greater story, a story for which there is no compare. And the hope of the Christian is not that this is some distant story disconnected, but that it is our story. We are part of this story, and it is our story to tell. Because Jesus didn't just work in the life of Peter, James, and John. He works in our life. He brought hope and redemption and salvation into my life, each of us has a story to share on this journey of discipleship we are walking. No matter how exciting or how plain we believe it to be, we have a story to share because we are part of an eternal story. Not some distant, disconnected mythology, but a personal story that God has welcomed us into as sheep of his fold. A story that has eternal significance for you. But for all those whose paths you will cross throughout your many days of life. But the struggle is the fact that the story doesn't always make sense. And sometimes we're in the midst of it and we ask ourselves, God, why? That part of the Lord's Prayer, Thy will be done? How many times have we questioned, God, is this really your will? Is this really what I must walk through? What I must go through? The voice isn't always as loud as we would like it to be. Sometimes it's drowned out by other noises. Sometimes it just seems to be silent. But we don't give up. We don't lose hope because we're not following Jesus on our terms. We don't get to set the rules of regulation and engagement. He's called us to follow him fully, to to not turn back, to not lose sight, to not veer off course. Follow me. He calls out to you, follow me. And sometimes he leads us to places we'd rather not be. 
Don't be afraid. Don't lose hope. He's the good shepherd. The shepherd who goes after each and every one of his sheep that he knows by name. Each one he loves. Each one he cares for. Each one he nurtures. He doesn't leverage us against each other. He doesn't use our lives to make calculated risks and expenditures. He doesn't run cause-benefit analysis. He's a good shepherd. We need to know this. We need to be certain of this. So that we can enter into the darkness and know that he is with us. This week I was struck by a story of the Old Testament. You're probably familiar with Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? They were, they were brought into captivity. And they were under the rule of King Nebuchadnezzar. And these three friends, these, these, these men, refused to worship the gods of King Nebuchadnezzar and Nebuchadnezzar himself. They would only worship the one true God. So the king threatens them. If they refuse to worship, they'll be thrown into the fiery furnace to die. And he challenges them with this. Which God can deliver you out of my hand? And most of the time I've ever heard that story, I think to myself, the God of Jesus. Jesus will. Because Jesus lives. Remember, this is before Jesus. And think about their situation for a second. It's a fair question Nebuchadnezzar answers. Which God can deliver you out of my hand? The God of Israel and Judah that let them fall and let me conquer them? The God who lets you watch your family and friends be slaughtered by my armies? He's going to deliver you? The God who allowed your holy temple one of the greatest marvels in all the ancient world to be turned into little more than ash, he's going to deliver you? Your God doesn't appear to be listening or speaking for that matter. And the men replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hands. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods. But if not, my God can deliver me, but if not, if he chooses in this moment, no, I still worship my God because he is still God. In the Revelation reading, it said this fascinating line. The elder tells John, these are those who survived the tribulation. What do the people of heaven all have in common? They died. How can the elder say these are those who have survived the tribulation? But if not, if he chooses not to deliver me in this moment, if he chooses to be silent in the moment that I call upon him, I will still hope in him and he will not disappoint me. When the voices of the world cry out, when they they mock our God and say, if he's God, if he's so great, let him save you. If he's so great, let him prove himself, let him show himself. I will still hope. 
I will still bend my ear to him in prayer. I will still turn to him in the moments of doubt when the great accuser and the the father of all lies and slander is at our doorstep so that we may hear him and hope in him and trust in him so that our lives may be a beautiful story of redemption. The elder calls them the survivors of the tribulation because our war is not against flesh and blood, but against the cosmic forces of evil in this world. Our hope is not another day, but eternal life, life everlasting. And it's a fight. It's a battle. It's a struggle. This is why we're so attached to these stories of good and evil, light and darkness. We want hope to prevail. Stay faithful, brothers and sisters. Listen to his voice because the light wins. This is Jesus' story. And his voice is calling us out to listen and to hear and to know him. A story which reaches out in all expanses of history, imprinting upon our heart a story of hope that is greater than whatever this world can throw at you. The story that drove Paul and Barnabas to go to the synagogue week after week, proclaiming Christ crucified, even when they would put their, their lives on the line and they would chase them out of town and stone them and hurt them and, and kill them. Because our victory is not over mere mortals, but the power of death and Satan. The forgiveness we receive, it's not just like some, some temporary patch job, like throwing some plywood over a broken window. He restores us in Christ. And he's calling for you. The good shepherd is calling for you. Hear his voice. His sweet voice. Hear his story. His eternal promises because they're for you. I want to challenge you when you leave today. Take a moment and and walk the long way. Even if you parked over here, walk the long way. And there's the statue of the good shepherd at the end of this hall. And just look upon it. And notice the sheep around his neck. That's you. That's you. And you know why he keeps you so close? So you can hear. I don't know what noises are bothering you right now, but just silence them. Go to God and hear him, know him, and follow him. For he is God. He is the good shepherd now and forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.